so this is coming late to the party so what coming late coming late to the party is all about so originally so Ot and I we, we started a we went, well we did start uh, selling socks yeah, yeah selling yeah. Uh, selling socks then that didn't happen so no in fact it did happen so we bought socks we were like yes we're gonna start this business you know we did our research we're like yes every angle yeah. and then because remember there was that that it was called what harry nick, yeah nick, nick harry, harry, nick oh, harry yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at the rosebank mall so then we got there was, they actually closed the shop that week so we asked them why are you guys closing they're like nah the sock this doesn't make money anymore it's like <laughs> socks, sock it's like yeah. it's late now happy socks thing yeah happy then which brought us to realization like how many more people have came late to stuff so yeah. it can be anything in life so from their passions to probably business yeah i think i might be perfect uh, for you then <laughs> <laughs> shit well let's start with that i like i'm playing rock music nobody's playing rock music anymore you know there's no there's no venues there's no events none of this happens almost like all the festivals are gone Opie copy seems like it's gone um yeah well it, and even by the time it went you know rock was definitely not as high up on importance for them anymore um I used to go to gigs as a kid, like when I was 16, I used to go to gigs all the time, like every weekend I could choose from two or three and would just go. It didn't matter who was playing, what was happening. Nah, that whole culture doesn't really exist anymore. You know, unless there's like a big event, nobody's mm-hmm. actually going to that stuff. And, but guitar music, I think as a whole, is not quite what it was. Yeah, and I think, I mean, the only reason it ever was, was, I don't know, it's like, it's white people music, that's not okay. But now, but now, would, would you say that with, with the whole rock music thing? Yeah. Would you say that you, Adam, as a rock artist? Yeah. Right. Would you say that you late to, to that rock music thing? Or it's just that the the music that you're doing now is not the in thing right now, or it's actually how do I say like faded? It's it's sort of a combination of both. I love that every time I move in this chair, you get squeaky sound. It's a combination of, of two things. Firstly, I only started playing guitar very late in life. Mm-hmm. I only got into it when I was like. 26 27 um but then also the stuff that i'm mostly into is not a style that exists so even you know the the people who are listening to guitar music are listening to a very different thing to what i'm listening to you know i'm, I'm big into what happened sort of the early to mid 90s that was my whole my whole sound and it's it's the type of sound i make um, playing as as what I do, which is uh, called Adam Distortion. Mm-hmm. Then would you would you say that with you having started playing the guitar yeah. at like a late age, yeah, that was a bad thing for you? Did it like slow you down in in music, or did it actually help you that you actually started late? It's a very good question. There's um, there's definitely lots of cons to it. You know, there's there's pros, but there's a lot of cons. 
and one of them is anyone who is my age who's playing guitar has been playing since they were probably 10 or 15 years old and which means they're really really good by now whereas i am still figuring it out and the other thing is when you're young you've got time mm. you know if i'd started playing guitar when i was at school I didn't, I didn't come home and do homework. I came home and I fucked around on, on the computer. I don't know if we're allowed to swear on this show. We're allowed to swear. I came home and that's what I did. I messed around the computer. Whereas if I'd been playing guitar at the time, I would have probably spent hours a day doing that. Whereas now, you know, you're an adult, you've got a job, whatever. You come home, maybe if I get an hour a day, it's a lot of time, which I don't. You know, maybe I, I'll play. I try to do every day, like at least 20 minutes, just mm -hmm. so that I'm, doing something so that I'm giving it something but I'll never be good the way some people are good but then the pro of that is I'm not as confined you know there's there's certain musical things that people would who really know music who've spent a lot of time studying it and learning it those rules tell them how to do things whereas I'm not playing like that I'm just doing what sounds mm. good to me what feels good to me and also because of my limited abilities it comes down to what can I pull off you know I can't do a seven minute crazy Jimi Hendrix or Jimmy Page guitar solo thing so I don't and I think that's beneficial because actually that stuff is wankery like the guy playing it <laughs> loves doing it the, mm -hmm. the audience doesn't generally especially you know maybe if you're playing to a giant stadium you get away with that stuff but when you're playing to a, a small pub with 30 40 people they don't want that and i'm not capable of doing it so it's not what you're going to get from me so when, when you started playing like what what kept so what kept the motivation going because i mean you did say you started quite late was like so we could say that generally when people start stuff a yeah. bit late they usually tend to like just drop it off and it's like a whole meantime so what kept you going so i started firstly i mean it's just such a bizarre thing that mm -hmm. i started playing guitar I basically i started a band without knowing how to play guitar um me and my friends we started this it, it's a long story so i'll just give you the whole rundown uh, i know you guys have heard little bits of it but we started this this thing it was a festival it was a music festival and it was called jaw fest and we would describe it as the world's biggest micro festival so obviously a micro festival isn't a thing yeah we, <laughs> <laughs> and what it was it was we'd have bands and thing a lot of our friends you know we were part of this sort of community of musicians and guys who, who played in bands so we asked some of our friends if they'd play and they didn't we had people playing in people's backyards and it kind of grew, but never grew to anything big. And we'd have five or six bands or people from bands playing sets, trying stuff out that they'd never tried before. You know, we had guys who were rock guys playing an electronic set or, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, where they just wanted to try something in front of an audience. And then pe people would come. Mm -hmm. you know, it started out, the first ones we had was just our small group of friends. But the last one we had, and we, we ended up doing a lot of them. We At one point, I think we had four or five of them in a year, which That's got so. a bit much, and then it became less than that. But at one point, um, a lot of the original guys who were involved moved, left the country, went overseas. 
And by the end of it, most of the people who were there, it was our biggest one we'd ever had. And we looked around, we didn't really know anyone. So what started as us throwing a big party for ourselves turned into throwing a big party for other people. Um, but then what happened was <clears throat> at some point, my, my best friend and I were like, well, we've got this band. We've got this festival. We've got these bands playing. We should have a band. Mm -hmm. And he could play guitar and I had nothing. But we had a couple of drinks mm -hmm. and we got up on stage and we just started jamming where he was playing guitar and I was kind of freestyling mm -hmm. lyrics and making it up as I go along. And we called ourselves Dirty Cheese. Even the name was, the name <laughs> was, a, was a freestyle thing where we were like, uh, hi, thanks for coming. <laughs> we're called uh, Dirty Cheese. And that, that stuck. And, and I, I, I take this before like social media became like a big thing or was it like i hope it's not during myspace otherwise we're gonna judge you no it was, <laughs> it was the early days of facebook okay so it started probably around 2006 uh-huh yeah it's around there um it's a long time ago <laughs> and yeah and we'd do this dirty cheese thing at uh -huh. every jaw fest would hold and it would vary, you know, it could be terrible or it could be really entertaining depending on how much we drank, you know. You have to have the right amount. If you had too much, mm -hmm. we wouldn't know when to stop. We wouldn't know when the audience had <laughs> had enough and it would get really stupid. And if we didn't have enough, we wouldn't have the balls to get up and do it and do it properly. Um, and we kind of, at, by the end, we'd sort of fine-tuned it to be quite a cool thing mm -hmm. where it was still very much... Um, freestyle and making it up as we went but we had an idea of what we'd do you know we'd go up and we'd say we're going to do three songs and then we're off we're not going to make it any longer than that Th that kind of thing and we'd keep each other in check we'd mm -hmm. be like dude you're playing too long like, let's just cut the song <laughs> and then I don't know how it happened but we decided to turn it into a real band where I was going to play guitar but like when I say play guitar I mean I was shown there's a, there's this thing in guitar called the power chord where it's basically you make one shape with your hand mm -hmm. and you can move it anywhere on the guitar's neck and you're going to get a, a chord sound. So is it like you when you play PS and you're always pressing all the four buttons? Sort of, yeah. Okay. It's sort of, but if you had those four buttons in a whole bunch of different places mm -hmm. and you could move around and you'd get a different result every time, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So okay. you can just move your hand around and you'll get a different sound. And he taught me to play. I was like a trained monkey. I wasn't playing guitar. I was going, he said, okay, put your hand here and strum, strum, put your hand here, strum, put your hand there, strum. That's your song. Just repeat. Over and, over again. <laughs> that and that was cool. it. And we called ourselves Sex Ramp. Mm -hmm. And we played at a jaw fest and it was four of us. And in that, that first time we played, we did four songs. I did... I played bass in one song because it was really easy bass. It was like a single chord and then lift your fingers like ding, 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 ding. That was the whole song. Then another song I played guitar like I just described it to you. Another song I did percussion, which was I had a cowbell and I just stood going, you know, just that was it. And then the last song I sang and it was like a very punk song by a band called The Stooges. And I just kind of wailed on it. <laughs> and I did this thing when we did it where I'm just talking. I'm just going to mm -hmm. ramble. Um, one of my favorite singers, a guy called Eddie Vedder from a band called Pearl Jam. And he 
generally when he takes the stage, he gets up and he drinks a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. Start to finish, he'll have a bottle of wine. So wait, wait, he drinks a bottle of wine? He'll generally drink a bottle of wine through his performance. Oh, okay. shit. So I was like, cool, I'm going to drink a bottle mm-hmm. of wine through my performance. <laughs> but we had four songs in 20 minutes. <laughs> Pearl Jam usually plays like a two and a half, three uh-huh. hour set. So by the end of four songs, I was just <laughs> rash. Oh, but sure. uh, it was what I needed to do that last one where I was doing the singing, more like just the vocals. Um, yeah, so we did that. We played one set and then we wanted to play again. But by then, my one friend left the country and the other guy who was also my friend in the band basically got deported. He was here on like a dodgy visa and he had to leave the country. <laughs> where was he from? <laughs> from the UK. Oh, okay. Yeah. So people from, people get kicked out of South Africa <laughs> back there as well. Goes both ways. Um, so then I had to, didn't want, I wanted to play one more show. Mm-hmm. So I recruited two other guys and we, we played again as sex ramp. <clears throat> but then, I'm trying to think what, the, how that even worked. I can't even remember who. Oh, no, no. So, so that that happened, um, and then the third guy who was in the band also left. He was he wasn't available, so he he he, he was actually in a real band, but he played guitar in a real band and was playing drums for us, so he couldn't didn't have time. So then I had this two other guys that I was now had a had had a jam. We we played one show, Sex Ramp, and. I wanted to carry on. I didn't want to keep the name because it was like belonged to a different group of people. Oh. Um, so we changed it and we called ourselves Spooner Man. Mm-hmm. And we ended up recruiting my brother as the singer. And it was it was very much all four of us were learning as we went. Um, our drummer Dave had never played drums before. I'd never played guitar except for that like very brief experience. My brother who was singing... <clears throat> the last time he had sang for anything was like in a play when he was in primary <laughs> school play. The teacher thought he was great. And our bassist had played guitar in a different band. So he was the most experienced musically. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the first thing we did, this kind of answers your question of how I motivated myself to play. The first thing we did was we booked a show. And I'm not even sure how we booked that show, but it was at this pub, which is called Rumours, which since then became quite a popular live venue but at the time had never done live shows mm-hmm. before we were like their first live rock show i think they were definitely our first live <laughs> rock show. and it was the same it was like i was playing like just train monkey style where it was just this mm-hmm. is what you do just repeat this and then do this all very simple songs all of our stuff was chosen you know, we wrote, the, the songs we wrote, we wrote simply, and the songs we did covers of was just very, very simple songs. And that was, it was learn the songs because we've now got to play, we're playing mm-hmm. a show. And from there, man, it was just this wild ride. I mean, I'm not talking like we had groupies and Beatles and that kind of thing, but we, <laughs> we like achieved way more than I ever would have expected. To. Mm. Like I never expected anything from it, but mm-hmm. we ended up playing lots of shows. We made a music video. We recorded songs and put them up on like Spotify. And stuff. <laughs> I want to see this music video. I also want to see this music video. Is it on YouTube? Yeah. Okay. I'll show you. Under, under the name Spoonerman. Under Spoonerman. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, it was cool. It was like for a project. It was a thing called the twenty-four hour, forty-eight hour music video project. Mm-hmm. 
So it was this like competition where you get 48 hours to go out and shoot a video. Like they brief you on the Friday and by the Sunday you've got to hand in a completed shot, cut, everything. But it's it's um, quite cool, yeah. Yeah, it was, very, it was mental. Like we stayed, we shot through mm-hmm. the night on Friday. Um, yeah, I worked our asses off on that. And they gave us, like we won two of the prizes in the competition. Oh shit, that's cool. Like crazy stuff. We played at Oppie Copy, which mm-hmm. like, I, I, it wasn't a dream of mine because I never ever would have expected mm. to play at Oppie Copy. I mean, I'd been to the the year we played was my tenth year there, and it just like I don't even know how that happened. It's just so bizarre to me. <laughs> <laughs> and then we went and we recorded our our EP it was like seven tracks, I think. I think it was yeah something like that and we released it mm-hmm. and we had like a little launch party and that was pretty much it and we played i think one more show after that and then it just kind of dissolved everyone went off and did their own thing and then after that so yeah like the way i motivated myself was mm-hmm. by having three other guys i could play with mm-hmm. who were the same also, level as were me. they late as well they've been yeah all, no all of them um, I was even the youngest guy in the band. <laughs> um, and just having, like, the hardest thing about a band is finding like-minded people. It's like a project mm-hmm. like this. You've got to find somebody else who you can work mm-hmm. with, somebody who thinks, A, thinks in the same way as you, but also has the same goals as you. Because mm-hmm. if your goals are different, like, if I'd been a band where one guy thought we were going to play stadiums and tour Europe, and I was just, like, happy to play in a the local pub once mm-hmm. a month you that's never going to work because you're just going to argue you're going to you're going to butt heads all the time so finding people at the same level with the same sort of motivations and all of that stuff really made that whole thing happen and it's the only reason it worked and it's sort of the end of that was why i've kind of made this sort of solo music thing where i'm making music on my own because like trying to find three people like that again or two people whatever mm-hmm. it is really fucking hard so yeah so I'm like I'll, I'll just do but, my own but, but then is it harder than like doing solo so or it's just yeah my, or, okay no so the solo thing is also it's insane the mm-hmm. fact that I'm doing a solo project is stupid I was like okay cool I've made a band <laughs> and I had some level of like success like my highest mm-hmm. level that I could ever imagine so now I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to see if I can carry a project fully on my own. And it gives you, like, I work in advertising day mm-hmm. to day, which is a very collaborative thing. Mm-hmm. You know? You're always working with other people, other people. So with this, it's like, I decide what my logo is going to look like. I worked with a photographer too. I mean, you're still collaborating to, to do a photo shoot. I write all the songs myself. I make all the songs myself. I decide what the set list is. If someone asks me if I'm available for a gig, I say yes or no. Now, a lot of that stuff changes because, as I say, you know, if I want photos, I can't take those myself. I've got mm-hmm. a photographer who takes photos. If I want to be recorded, I've got to go to someone who can do the recording properly. Um, again, in a relationship, so suddenly it's not... I can just go play gigs whenever I want. Yeah. I can make like sure I'm available now. Yeah. Just... But, it, but at least now you have a fan. Yeah. <laughs> which is cool. Which helps. So now, so now tell me, with with you <coughs> having, so like you had this, you have this formula that you used when you yeah. were starting music. Yeah. 
So like, do you approach other things in life the same way that you did when you were starting music at that age that you were in? Yo, that's, it's hard to say. I'd like to think that I do. I think it helps sometimes when taking on something that I've never done before to remind myself that I have done, I've started, you know, I've not, maybe I haven't done this thing that I'm trying now before, but I've done that before in terms of I have started a thing I've never done before and managed to make it work somehow. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm. And like, I'm much more open to just trying random shit and fucking around. Somebody gave me a, a, a keyboard the other day, like a, you know, musical keyboard, not a, not a computer keyboard. And I've never played keys before, I've never, but I'm just kind of open to, cool, let me give it a go. Let me see what I can I'll do with it. I'll plug it in, I'll see how that works. And how's, how's it going? Well, I haven't actually had a lot of, <laughs> well, the problem is I'm in the middle of moving house, so I've got stuff all over the place. Mm -hmm. And it's a bit chaotic, so I haven't really been able to plug it in properly. Um, but um, the day I got it, I plugged it in, I just fucked around. But super fun, definitely give that more of a go. That's that's cool. That's cool. So now for for people that are listening right now, yeah, and would like to hear your your music, so <clears> like how would they go about doing that? So it's not difficult. Firstly, I'm on SoundCloud, <laughs> like everybody else. I got a SoundCloud account. It's it's Adam Distortion. Mm -hmm. um, I think you can just search it. I don't think it's hard to find. I've got a Facebook page, but the Facebook page is mostly I don't know. I'll just occasionally have a little rant about stuff, or I'll post <laughs> like I make my own T-shirts and things. Mm -hmm. I'll sometimes post photos of that. Um, but yeah, to listen to me, SoundCloud is is the best you can hear. I've got like four songs up there. I think three, maybe four. I can't remember. Um, and then I'm playing a gig. I don't know when you guys are going to post this, but I've got a really cool gig coming up on the 22nd of, of February. It's a thing called, these guys are around this gig called Speedo Fest, which mm -hmm. they've been running for a couple of years. And they do. Speedo Fest. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> really? what they do. Oh, shit. Like, isn't, uh, what's that, the South African one? No, no, there's this insurance company. Oh, the Hollard thing. Hollard thing. Do they actually... Dude, no, I don't we, We're blocking so. brands. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, these guys started as a charity thing. Mm -hmm. I think similar sort of thinking to that. And now they do different charities. So I played last year and it was about pets. This year they're calling it like the subtitle is She Don't Know You Shit. <laughs> so it's all about um, gender-based violence okay. and raising money and raising awareness. Like all the money they raise, none of the artists get paid to play. Um, all the money goes to, to charities and things. So that, yeah, 22nd. Where is it happening? That's at, funnily enough, Rumours. So <laughs> rumours. Where you actually start to Where's Rumours? It's now moved around. I, man, I actually am not sure of the exact mm -hmm. location of it. I'm going to have to look it up. Because I think they've moved twice. And I think I played it, and I played at the first location where they were. And I think last year was where they they were by Crest, and I think they've moved again now. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a cool show. That. Uh, what else did you come late to in life? It's a good question. Just lots of stuff. Like mm -hmm. I find a lot of things that I get into, like like movies. I'm big into movies, mm -hmm. and I have a lot of you know gaps where 
classic movies that most people who are big movie fans know and love and grew up on. And I went through a thing a couple of years ago where I was like, okay, I've got to go watch movies. And I, it was kind of the first time I was living alone. So I just went to the video store across mm-hmm. the road and just like get DVDs every day and catch Before up. For my 2000 them. video store, <laughs> it's a brick and mortar Netflix. They used, to, they used to have like a Netflix where you had to go to a store uh-huh. and you'd pay them. And then they'd give you like, like a disc, like a, a piece of plastic, which would have the movie on it. <laughs> then you have to take that piece of plastic home, put it in a machine. Call the DVD. DVD player, yeah. You put Great. it in the machine. And that's how you watched movies when I was young. Oh, you really... That's, that's me. I make my own shirts also. <laughs> if it bothers you, it is you. Oh, shit. That's, that's, that's good. It is. What does that mean? It means, you know, there's this thing of, um, especially now, like you look mm-hmm. around at the world and politics and shit, projection. You know, there's this thing where, like, people project where it's like somebody will say, why do you lie all the time? And often the person who says, why do you lie all the time is a person who lies all the time. Mm-hmm. Or, um, like, I don't know, like, you know, there's the whole kind of... Um, getting into like men and all that shit like the whole thing of of men who feel they're being persecuted it's always the dudes who like are the most like sexist or whatever who are like oh why are you persecuting me because i'm a man always and it's kind of that thinking it's like if something bothers you if something's Mm -hmm. really upsetting you maybe look inward maybe think Mm -hmm. that that's something that's yourself that you're seeing in other things and that's why it bothers you that's 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 mm. deep. That's deep. Sure. <laughs> it's deep, man. It sounds as if like it's something that people take time to realize. Yeah, I think it, it is. Like if you look around, you see it a lot. I mean, like I don't want to bring it up because I'm fucking tired of the guy's name or whatever. But like you look at a guy like Donald Trump, mm-hmm. everything he accuses other people of, it's his shit. He's like he talks about other people being dishonest. He talks about other people being corrupt or other people being like. Uh, egotistical and it's just like dude what are you talking about that's that's mm-hmm. all you that bothers you because it is you you know and you'll see it in your daily life as well or i think it is i kind of wrote it because like i have some songs that are borderline offensive mm-hmm. i wrote one about religion and i felt like if you're offended by it you're the problem which is very, you know, way for me to deflect blame away from myself. <laughs> but like, I mean, the song about religion is, I'm not outwardly saying religion is bad. I'm just asking a lot of questions about, you know, if this is the case and if this is the case, like what's, what's cool. happening. Are you going to perform the song at Rumours? Yeah, man. Okay. It's also <laughs> one, of, one of the songs that's there on SoundCloud. So, so now speaking of, of the, the t-shirts. Yeah. Like I, I know all your t-shirts. Yeah. Like you make, your own handwritten shit. Yeah. When when did that actually start? And like what inspires all the the quotes that or phrases that you have on on your t shirt? Yeah. Um the first time I did that was when we played Oppie Copy and I thought I gotta do something. I gotta have something that like stands out or is me and I didn't know what I was gonna do. And I wrote something really like quite cheesy on it. I wrote, send it by fax. I think 
I just I've always thought facts like fax machines that whole thing is inherently funny there's something about facts that I find hilarious like just the way the technology works that shitty paper mm-hmm. that, I don't even, you know what fax is yeah, yeah. before your time <laughs> it's traditional email oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit but yeah, so then once I did that, then I started making new ones for every gig I'd play with Spooner Then when I started, when I became, became, when I became Adam Distortion, I was like, this is a thing that I can own. This is a thing that can be me. Like, it's my thing is that I have t-shirts that I write. And I tend to, like, I, I, people like them. Um, not enough to buy them. I tried selling them. <laughs> but I, I, I get a lot of good feedback on them. Um, where do the things come from? They come from me. Um, the first few that I experimented with, there was a couple where I'd like think maybe a song quote from somebody else's song or something clever I'd, I'd heard. And I quickly decided that that can't be what it is. It's got to be an, an original thought from me and it's got to be something I consider clever. Like obviously, it's me, so I'm going to think it's clever, but mm-hmm. I'm quite. I'm quite picky about what I'll put down. You know, I'm always writing down thoughts of what could go on there. And I reject probably nine out of ten of the, the ideas that I'll write. And then also I'll sometimes what'll happen, like this one, if it bothers you, it is you. The idea came to me a long time ago and then I played with it in my head and like because it didn't the way I'd phrased it sounded wrong and I really had to work on it for a long, long time before I was like, Cool, that now works, that's something. Like the, the whole t-shirt thing would you say it's inspired by the rock music culture so like if you look now like in fashion yeah like those old school rock t-shirts yeah. guns and roses all those types of of designs like it's, it's a thing when you started with your handwritten t-shirts yeah. was that something you thought about or it just happened to be part of of the thing so that whole thing of rock band t-shirts that's suddenly super fashionable Mm. my wardrobe has been about 60 percent rock band t-shirts for decades like as long as i've been around i've been wearing rock band t-shirts and now these fuckers have made it (laughs) like a thing which is for you to throw back thursday yeah for me it's just a um, thursday like it's annoying because like you get all these people mm-hmm. wearing shirts of bands that like a lot of the time people aren't even aware it's a band they're just wearing a shirt with a cool design they like like the ramones t-shirt i think hundreds of people wear that yeah. ramones t-shirt they have no idea that ramones is actually a punk band hmm. um but what is cool about it is now i can walk into like an h&m and there's one of my favorite bands on a t-shirt and i can just like these things used to be impossible to find. Like, it was so hard to find band t-shirts. Now, I can get it at, like, pick-and-pay clothing. <laughs> like, and weird stuff, like mm-hmm. obscure bands. Where I got one the other day of... Yes, I can't even remember. Like, weird. Like, it's really surprising to me, mm-hmm. the bands that are making it onto t-shirts in the most mainstream stores. You know, bands like, like Smashing Pumpkins or... Um, like Red Hot Chili Peppers is this like 80s style Red Hot Chili Peppers t-shirts in the 80s Red Hot Chili Peppers was 
really weird. And if you listen to their music from that time, mm-hmm. it's really weird. Like now they're pretty much mainstream adult contemporary pop, but you couldn't li- like nobody listened to that stuff from that era. And now you can just go and buy the t-shirt. It's just, it's so weird to me, but it's cool. Like it, it's like, as I said, it's super annoying, but it also makes my <laughs> life super convenient. But then like the making your own t-shirts, like the whole punk ethos was always do it yourself. You know, these guys recorded their own like real punk stuff back in the 70s and 80s that make their own clothes, that organize their own gigs, make their own posters, um, stuff like that. So, yeah, my T-shirts definitely fit into that in a big way. Um, more with Spooner Man than now, I used to do my, like all the gig posters myself where like they were badly designed, but I would like take a pen and write on my hand and take a photo of it. Thing just just because for that same thing like what you're asking the whole punk rock thing of do it yourself make it happen because nobody's going to make it happen for mm. you like if you've listened to my stuff or if you do listen to my stuff you'll hear instantly this is not going to be on the radio no record label is going to pick this up and sign it so if i'm not pushing it myself if i'm not doing it myself if i'm not making an effort to record release whatever which obviously the internet makes really easy nobody's going to give a shit i'm doing it for me so i've got to do it myself then what's the what's what's your favorite t-shirt that you've made that i've made yeah um probably the one that says rich kids make poor punks (laughs) rich kids make poor punks (laughs) and it's like based on actual people that i know you know people Uh, around like people involved in like the the scene or whatever mm -hmm. they're super like we're so punk rock whatever and then you find out that they came from this like really nice home and <laughs> that kind of vibe. And it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole punk rock thing is against that whole lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But these people are essentially not rebelling against anything except like trying to piss off their mom and dad. <laughs> oh, okay. Thanks. Have you been to Afro punk? No. Okay. Because I'm sure it would be interesting to find like if that's punk, if, if it's like all the same. Punk just has, like it has a lot of meaning, but mm-hmm. like its meaning is kind of going against the grain and doing stuff. For yourself. I don't know too much about Afropunk. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what they stand for and that kind of thing. I know it's a big event and it's global and all of that, but I don't know too much about them. But like punk means a lot to a lot of people. It, it, it has a lot of meaning, you know, in terms of, it, it doesn't have to be the type of music, you know, like some people are very hardline about mm-hmm. like punk is punk rock music, which I think is bullshit. Like, so, so what we can have you, like punk hip hop. You can be hip hop and punk. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And like early hip hop definitely mm-hmm. was punk. You know, it was these guys who were, you know, fuck the system, make their own music, make their own posters. You know, like Rick Rubin running a record label out of his, his college dorm room. Guys, gangster. That kind of shit's <laughs> gonna grow up. Yeah, Rick Rubin is a gangster. More like if more rock people knew about Rick Rubin's hip hop side, more hip hop people knew about Rick Rubin's rock side. I think we'd all get along better. Uh yeah. Should we call it? Yeah. Guys, cool. yeah, cool. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Twenty. 22nd. 22nd. You can just remember there's a lot of twos in that date. Mm-hmm. It's 2202 2020. Well, I, 
<laughs> and it's on what Friday, Saturday. It's a Saturday. Okay. And I'm playing at four. But yeah, swing through. You'll have like you'll have swing fun. I know that. I can tell you that. And if you think that's shit, you'll be able to tell everyone who knows me. <laughs> you saw Adam. He was shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. 